Rossi on Wrestling. I am your host, Jason Rossi. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason D. Rossi. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner in the podcast sphere. That is Billy D. Billy Biceps. Today will also be known as Billy Audio, not to steal a uh, moniker from Rizzled on Dizzle over on the Dork Podcast. But my good friend uh, and yours, Billy D. at Billy D. 2411. He, uh, we had to record separately. Usually we get the podcast recorded together. This time we did it in separate places and his audio sucked but we were able to uh, get the best parts of it and really what you came here for we are going to get into our King of the Ring draft we both picked five there's five rounds out of 19 King of the Rings let us know which one you think is better let us know what you you know which King of the Ring you thought was the best there's a bunch of Twitter discussion going on on our, our Twitters again at Jason D. Rossi at Billy D. 2411 and also, we are going to fantasy book a 2019 King of the Ring. And mine, good. Billy's, really well thought out. You got to hear this one. But I'm going to start where we picked up the good part of the recording in one of the most awkward, if you, you know, out of place comments from Billy in history. Enjoy. And uh, just to update the people on more uh, behind the podcasting stuff, <laughs> I'm not, I don't have a, like a fan or AC on just to help the quality of the sound. Hopefully it's better now. So I just had to take my pants off. So. So pants off. We're about to get into our main event where we're going to be drafting King of the Rings and fantasy booking a 2019 King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. And now it's time for the Rossi on Wrestling main event. So I will say to you, I think that we have to go like um, schoolyard picks here because one of them is way better than all the others. Oh, and you I, think? Oh, so yeah. you think? So I think you got to go like the first person gets one, and then the second person gets two, and then we go snake after that. So I'll let you pick given those rules. Oh, you go first then, because I don't want the person you think is an obvious one. All right, I'm gonna take Bret Hart. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! That's me. <laughs> yeah. So I get two picks now. Yeah. All right. See that? I didn't think that you were going to go there. So if I have to take two, I will go. Ooh, when I think of the best King of the Rings, so this is what the way I'm drafting. Who is the best? Like, what did the person do either thereafter or King of the Rings? So I have to first off. This wasn't my pick. I thought you were going to take him. I'll take Stone Cold my first pick. Fair enough. Because I don't really think he was a great King of the Ring, but obviously that land. This he's a landmark King of the Ring just because of everything that happened thereafter. This you know. That was the night that Austin 316 was born. And if I had to take second, so this is where I think actually the best King of the Ring, in my opinion, I will take Booker T in 2006 when he became King, King Booker. See, that's, I thought you were going to go somewhere else. So I was going to take King Booker because he had the best run other than yes. maybe this guy, see if, the Macho see if you King, Randy oh. Savage. That's a good one. See, Macho Man being King of the Ring is a forgotten one. These were like house show tournaments back in the day. This is in 1987. And Macho Man, you have to remember, before he was the Macho Man, he was the Macho King. Well, he was also the Macho Man before he was the Macho King. That was in between. Oh, yeah. Queen Sherry. This was like the... Yeah. No, he yeah, was just really good. That's that's really what it came down to. And you're right, oh, he did right, have yeah. Sherry at that time. This is when he was a heel. This is when he lost the retirement match, if I'm not mistaken. 
I don't remember. I mean, probably. I'm, I'm that's when he lost to Ultimate sure. Warrior. It was, yeah, it was the retirement match. If he lost, he'd have to retire. And that's when Elizabeth came back in the ring. Is that famous shot of a kid who looks Elizabeth? like he's wearing like a, a rain coat, a rain yeah. cloak, or whatever, a coat. And he, you got That's like the famous everyone's crying. Um, to to me next I will take I think another character that took the King of the Ring to the next level and made it part of their character I will take Owen Hart the King of Hearts from 1994 oh, I wanted the Hart brothers that would have been great uh, that's I thought that's steal. what you were going to take yeah no I should I, I, I thought I had time but looking at the list from a standpoint if, if we're drafting from that I'm, I was just going on like based on who I would want at, like in my company like winning sure. the King of the Ring Owen Hart I mean it's a really sh- a shame what he like he did great with that he did great with the Slammies he was like the first era of guys that really took whatever they were given and just ran with it or maybe yeah. he wasn't even given like the Slammy thing like other than just you know he made it a thing when he carried it the a two time Slammy winner oh he was great man uh, really one of the he could be still one of those guys who might be wrestling today because he was just like that kind of hunger how old would he be like late 50s uh, I'll tell you that right now unfortunately we just went past the 20 year anniversary of his death which is just so sad and if so you do I, like you know, mid 30s then probably or yeah, early I think 30s he passed away May 23rd he was born May 7th 1965 so he would be what is that 40 no, or my 50. 54 54 yeah. so mean, maybe he, he would he, he might not be actively wrestling, but I could still see him being very much involved in the company. Either WWE in a high ranking position or maybe going to AEW. Yes, I could see him definitely being behind the scenes. It probably would have wrestled at least another 15 years, you know, unfortunately, if his passing did not occur. So I will go next. It's my turn, right? Yes. I will go with Kurt Angle. Oh, I was present for this. I, this is one of my famous, I made a sign. This was in Boston in 2000. And I remember being there thinking, I, like I had this, I don't know if my sign made it on TV. I'll have to double check that, but I had a King Angle sign. Well, uh, you would join me rarefied air with my dad, who's made it on TV many a times with Patriot signs. Did, did your dad ever get a football? Uh, not from the game, no. He always brings a pin with him, just in case, because yeah, that's, that's what you have it is. to do. <laughs> because he saw one guy do it because he sits in the end zone. So if, they, if the ball goes over the net, they try to get the ball back from you, unless you can deflate it, stick it in your shirt, and walk out. <laughs> and no, no deflate gate jokes, please. Uh, so right now, after three rounds, Bill's uh, King of the Ring team is Bret Hart, Macho Man, and Kurt Angle, three of the best of all time. And my three are Stone Cold, King Book, and Owen Hart. So I will kick off the fourth round. Oh, man, there's some big names on here. Like, you really do kind of forget, but I'm trying to go with this angle of, like, people using this to elevate themselves or people trying to... Uh, I, this is a weird one, but I'm going to go with a guy that I only knew as being King Uh-oh. of the Ring in my watching career. So I'm going to take King Harley Race. Oh, man, I thought you were going to pick King Mabel. <laughs> no, that would, that was a very short-lived. Uh, but no, I went with Harley Race because honestly, as a kid, I only knew King Race, like King Harley Race. I didn't know there was just Harley Race before that. Obviously, that's what happens when you dump in, jump into WWE when he was with NWA uh. and some of the other like Florida or Georgia Championship Wrestling. He was, had this whole other long career good feuds with um rick flair and others down there and i just only knew him as king harley ray so that's one that will always stand out to me so he will be my fourth pick 
I mean, he's pretty much the stalwart of wrestling for that era. I mean, you hear CM Punk reference, you know, what would Harley Race do as champion type of deal. I remember him from feuds with, like, Hulk Hogan. I remember Mm -hmm. him, either he put Hulk Hogan through a chair, uh, a table, or vice versa. I remember that on the Pritchard podcast. I went back and watched that. That was, like, a Saturday night's main event match. Uh, Yeah, I really only remember him as King Harley Race as well. Um, Looking at the list, I definitely don't want Tito Santana. Um, I did not even know he was King of the Ring until I looked at this list. Uh, The Rock Don Morocco, I mean, that's going to be scraping the bottle of the barrel. Um, King Booker was someone that I thought I could definitely steal. So I'm going to go with who I think is probably the greatest heel of all time. Maybe maybe that'll change going forward. Definitely one of the best workers of all time. Great on the mic. Uh, So I have two people on my team who could be managed by Sensational Sherry. So give me Ted DiBiase. Ooh, both dipping into the 80s, like, um, before King of the Ring was a pay-per-view. Ted, King Ted DiBiase. He was also someone that didn't use the moniker of King. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think you always have to. It's just kind of like no. a status thing. You, If you recreate it today, like the way you'll hear I will fantasy book it, is you will get a shot at the title. Yes. So if just to, to speak on that, from the years 1994 to 1990, or it might have been just 94 and 95 now that I think about it. Actually, no. It was 94, 95, 2002, and maybe 2006. Each King of the Ring winner had a title shot at SummerSlam. It was kind of like you had the Royal Rumble. Like 93, I know they did it. Like the Royal Rumble started, the, you got the main event at WrestleMania. Then 94, Owen Hart won the King of the Ring. Then he got a title shot at Bret Hart at that SummerSlam. Mabel won in 95. He got a shot at Diesel in 95. And then the ones that I remember for sure was um, Brock Lesnar in 2002 won the King of the Ring. And he got to face The Rock for the championship. At, I mean, uh, and, yeah, I mean, any way you can do a tournament. Any way you can get somebody to be a legit number one contender where they have to go through an exhaustive feat of the Royal Rumble or a long tournament, I think always works. You can always make a star from it. So I don't know why they don't do this anymore. Maybe it's just a network exclusive. Do it over, like, it doesn't have to be all in one day. You could do, like, a three-night special on, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday or something. I I agree, and we'll get to that when we fantasy book after this. So I'm going to take my last pick for King of the Ring. We're getting to the point where they well, there was a few that did take the moniker. King Mabel, Just, baby. King Mabel. You, 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 I'll save him for you. I'll let you know that. Spoiler, I'm not taking him. Um, if I just have to go with guys that just sh- shot up the card and had to fight their way to get here, I'm going to take Triple H for my last pick in 1997. He won the King of the Ring. It was all rumors. There's so many people saying that he was slotted to be the 1996 King of the Ring. But he, uh, you know, after he was the one punished for the curtain call, that went to Stone Cold and changed the history of wrestling. Triple H came out that next year, won it. And I love all the stories how he didn't want to wear the crown. So he purposely every night had it destroyed, whether he did it or another wrestler did it. He would walk out with it obviously this is when china was a big part of his package and right before the dx thing really kicked off well it was a you can watch a video about that so i will take triple h to round up my draft and your final pick just quickly on the triple h thing that like that one the story about the crown which i've heard from the pritchard podcast is hilarious and that makes me think like i love triple h and i love what he does with nxt it's just oh man go away on regular TV. That's uh, a guy who gets character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, it's clear he knows how to book story if he's the one in charge of NXT, which 
for all intents and purposes, we think he is. So, uh, for me, what's left here? Not there's there's some good names. Let but. me let me just run down the names that are left for people that maybe don't know. So you have Wade Barrett, who was the last and probably last ever King of the Ring. Sheamus, William Regal, Brock Lesnar, Edge, Billy Gunn, another real famous one, Kent Shamrock, Mabel. Uh, Tito Santana <laughs> and Don Morocco. Yeah, no. Uh, I think I'll have to go with Brock. Yeah. Oh, no, fuck it. No, oh, no oh, I can oh. see you typing. I can see you typing. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Indy, give this one. I'm gonna go with Edge. I gotta pick my guy. So Edge was probably, and I always joke about this on this list, obviously became a great superstar. One of the more forgettable King of the Rings, like not somebody when you think of the King of the Ring tournament, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Edge had that big win because it was still like before was he even broke up. It was before he was the rated R superstar. Oh, way before. This is just months after they the, the TLC in WrestleMania 17. Yeah, this is when they were thinking he could, like, this was like IC title-ish type stuff, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, it was like even right before that. It was honestly, he was still part of Edge and Christian. He just won this tournament. They were probably trying to find ways to kind of split them up or at least see what Edge could do. Because Edge went solo for just a little while there in 2001. Then they ended up making it, you know, continuing with Edge and Christian for a few yeah. more years until I mean, he eventually guy, made his run. You had a guy who's good looking, 6'10". <laughs> <laughs> with, with the four inch boots on yeah. um, so to me I thought Brock Lesnar was one that you know I'm a little shocked we didn't go with only because of his career trajectory what that King of the Ring did for him um, you know shot him to that match against The Rock and then he became the youngest champion for a while but just to wrap up and we'll post these later you could tell us who you think has the best team of King of the Rings Billy's team is Bret Hart Macho Man Kurt Angle Ted DiBiase oh, yeah. and Edge and mine is Stone Cold Steve Austin, King Booker, Owen Hart, Harley Race, and Triple H. Yeah, those are probably bad. 10 of the best. Aside from probably, you know, putting Brock Lesnar somewhere in there, those are the 10 probably best. You know, this yeah. is the argument you can have for the best King of the Rings. I mean, Tito Santana, I'm assuming that was one of the house show ones. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, Bernard these are all won the inaugural like pay-per-view. One. Paper, yes, in 1993. And this is something at the end of the day, we're going to fantasy book ours. This should be the event. Like we're talking about their stomping grounds, all that. But they really should. King of the Ring is something that I think would really bring fans back. It would be at least for a night if they did it the way they used to. You do the King of the Ring tournament where it's an eight man. You know, finally, the night of is the eight man tournament. You can have all your qualifying matches to get there. And then in between those matches, you have like a tag title match, an IC title match, a world title match. But the main event is the King of the Ring. And it just really gives a lot of pub to those wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, it's just a way to make a star. And I am, with my fantasy booking, going to make a whole bunch of stars. So do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, what do you think? I'll go first because I right. think you have more enthusiasm behind yours. Not that mine isn't. So for me, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to take it from a realistic WWE standpoint today, which can be Whoa. unfortunate at times. So I'm going to take four superstars from SmackDown, four superstars from Raw. And this is they're going to earn their way to get there. It'll be a 32-man, whatever, a 16-man. Everyone had to get one win to get to this point. And I will, like you said, I want this to be a WWE Network event that takes place on a Saturday and Sunday. So there is two nights, or it could be like all the other matches one night. And this, this what I'm about to explain here, will be on one night so you have to fight three matches on one night to become the king of the ring so for me from Smackdown will be Shinsuke Nakamura, Rusev Andrade, Aleister Black and from Raw it will be Cesaro The Miz, Ricochet and Drew McIntyre and the way quickly, the, the quickly, how many yes. of the same people do you think we have? Uh, two one 
Okay. I was hoping so, it'd be none. Uh, that's pretty good, though. So for me, it will be this will be the bracket. It will be the first match of the night. We'll have Shinsuke Nakamura versus Alistair Black, and maybe like honestly, what could be a match of the year candidate. So I will take Shinsuke Nakamura. Will beat Alistair Black in the first round. Rusev versus Andrade. Will have Rusev beating Andrade. So there, you probably think, oh, there's a lot of heels, but this is the best part about King of the Ring. Even if you look back, faces like the crowd kind of chooses in those tournaments. If you go back, even Owen Hart, like he was being cheered in some of his matches in the King of the Ring because people want to see you at least advance. So that's one thing I think, especially this could be a night where it's not about heels and faces, it's just about the wrestling. I also and for- think too, when we were young, like we don't realize that there were smarts in the crowd like us that were cheering the good bad guys, like the cool ones or like the, the oh, yeah. funny ones. Like, I remember Owen Hart getting cheered at some point. And I was like, that's so weird. Like that, But it's like, I also look at it just because it was like a compliment to the tournament. Uh, so then on the Raw side, y'all, Cesaro versus Ricochet. We've seen a lot on Raw, and those guys just are electric in the ring together. Give me Cesaro to advance there. The Miz versus McIntyre, and we'll have McIntyre advance. I just think WWE really kind of wants to get behind him. And then the semifinals, you'll have Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev in a match that I want to happen in general. And I think Rusev will take the win here. Then you'll have Cesaro versus McIntyre, Cesaro advances. So you have a Cesaro versus Rusev. And throughout this night, I want Cesaro cutting promos, talking about he's going to become the king of swing. When Why they didn't use that when they had those t-shirts, why they and didn't the do logo, a king of swing? I had that. I don't know what yeah. happened to that t-shirt, but I loved it. It probably has yellow stains on it now. But Cesaro, king of swing, should have been a thing. Should have been something. And I think this match can be incredible. You have Rusev versus Cesaro. I think the crowd would be super hot for it, especially if you put it in, like, a smaller arena. Not, like, like style of NXT. Maybe just, like, not a not like a TD Garden in Boston. You put this somewhere that's, like, a 8,000-seat arena, and I think the crowd would go ballistic for this. I actually have Rusev winning this thing. I think Rusev could be the biggest you know, boost for his career. He needs something like this. You go back to Rusev in a tank at WrestleMania 31. He was the anti-United States. So I think him being a king and having Lana as his queen, that could be absolute money. And, like and then you have a feud all summer long with Cesaro and Rusev because maybe there's some stuff where like Lana interferes for the win and it is kind of, you know, so you can at least have a feud and it's about having great matches and all summer it's not about somebody spilling a coffee on somebody. It's a feud about wanting to be the best and I think this leads to a King Rusev versus Kofi Kingston at SummerSlam. I think Kofi keeps the title there if I got to keep fantasy booking but that's where I could see and I think it would draw up a bunch of interest from fans. I think merchandise would fly off the show with a King Rusev, Queen Lana, all that stuff. And then having Cesaro, it would boost him up to maybe being a, a top baby face out of all this as well. I like it. I love it. So that mean, is my you know, fantasy book. You know booking. how I feel about fucking I love Rusev. Rusev Day all day. And Lana is the best. Lana number one. Okay, so mine, I got a little crazy. Um, Please, it's fantasy. To quote George Costanza and Batman, uh, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Uh, uh, by the way, fantastic uh, Mac and Goo podcast on Batman 89. I don't know if yeah, that was the most recent one. It was great. It, it is. I have not listened. That is in my queue. It's in my queue zone. So I will pick for my brackets. It'll be Ali versus Andrade in the first round. There's Chad our Gable. one. There's our one guy. Yep. Chad Gable and EC3 in the next one. Balor and Breeze in the next pairing. Ooh. Then Fandango and Elias. Okay, okay, so I got deep into booking this. Okay. So, while the first match is going on between Elias, no, uh, Ali, and Andrade, we cut to the back where EC3, Gable, Fandango, and Breeze are, like, watching the match as it goes along. Um, let's see. 
Ali beats Andrade, you know, clean, but whatever. It's going to be a great match. So after that, we go back to the four of those guys. Again, it's EC3, Gable, Fandango, and Breeze, underutilized NXT guys. And they're all sitting there. They're going to get their water bottles or whatever. They're saying, you know, one of us should really win this tournament and show them that we actually have talent. We, we're underutilized. We need to do something. And they all kind of like give like the nod, but like Gable doesn't feel included in it. And it's kind of like EC3, Fandango, and Breeze are kind of like the pretty boys anyways. So I'm, I'm dig. To, all right, so then we go to the next match. EC3 beats Gable after Gable shows a shocking lack of stamina in the match. It's almost weird mm. how unprepared or, like, he wasn't ready. Like, he looked like something was wrong with him. So then we go to the next one, which is Fandango beats Elias with a little distraction by Breeze. You know, they're babyface-ish. It's not, like, terrible. It's like a goofy little thing on the apron. Fandango gets the win. Then, because you got to get one of these matches in quickly, yet Breeze gets injured in the match with Balor. You always gotta, you know, they, they always have yep. like a disqualification or something like that, but whatever, whatever. So Balor advances the next round. Now tell me if you can feel what's happening at any point during here. Okay. Alright, round two. All of a sudden, Ali's laid out in the back. Knocked out cold. Mm, now he's okay. got his next round match coming up with EC3, right? So, he tries to go, doctors won't clear him. EC3, boom, in the finals, just like that. So oh, EC3, so it's like, he's a, so Ali can't perform, they don't put somebody else in, he gets the bye. He gets the, yeah. the old school bye in the tournament. Yeah, and in my scenario, this would all be happening in one night, just like yes. the old ones. Yep. Alright, so then we go to the next one, and now Finn Balor is getting a little bit, like, heelish in his tactics. Maybe it builds up a little bit in the first one. He's not acting like the baby face of baby faces. I would also take the title off him. I don't even know if he has a title anymore. Yeah, he has the Intercontinental Championship, and nobody cares. Yeah, it's been a great fucking run with it, too. So, he doesn't have the title, but, like, he's acting a little bit heelish, and he wins the uh, wins this match with a low blow and a roll-up to get uh, Fandango, because he's facing Fandango here. Yeah. So, there's some real bad blood in there. So right, is he so, doing this directly as a heel? Like, just asking. So I'm watching. Am I confused by like, his actions? It's like, or is he just doing anything uh, to win? No, it's kind of like he's taking a shortcut when he usually doesn't take a shortcut. Okay. All right. So did I skip a little here? I think I'm good. All right. No, you have EC3 yeah. in the finals versus Finn Balor. Now, so we do a little bit of a backstage thing. Balor is also laying on the ground unconscious. Right? Oh, okay. So then we go to EC3 and he comes up to Fandango and Breeze and he's like, guys, I, you know, just, this will be like, you know, the, the title matches later in the night. He's like, can you guys just watch my back the rest of the night? I want to make sure I make it at this match. So finally they get to the main event. Now it's EC3 with Breeze and Fandango in his corner and Balor who's been acting heelish all night. So what do you think happens next? Wait, so Finn Balor is knocked out. No, but he's like, it, there's been enough time. He's okay, able to so, go. So like, he's ready to fight EC3 for the King of the Ring with Fandango and Breeze in the corner of EC3. Yeah, he's like shaking off cobwebs, but the, the the referees will actually clear him. He doesn't look too bad. So my guess now would be something where you said earlier, something with Chad Gable not feeling involved. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm digging deep back into the story that maybe Chad Gable has been involved with this the whole time. So somebody, like it'll come out later, that somebody actually slipped something in Chad Gable's drink, which made him an easy mark for EC3. And that's why he okay. advanced. Okay, I like this. Drugging drugging your wrestlers. This is good. This is good for the kids. All right. And then, well, no, I slipped him a Mickey or something. I'm but just like, kidding. And then, Who cares? And then, and then Ollie's beaten up, so EC3 gets... 
kind of two easy wins to get to the finals. Yes. And Balor has been kind of cheating, and he's faced Breeze and Fandango on the way to the final. What, are we going to have a finger poke of doom? No, 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 no. So what happens is right before, like, this is the, the way I made it is so you can do, you can go either way with it. You can make it a, a heel faction with EC3, Breeze, and Fandango, where they were together the whole time, and they, like, laid down to, like, make this work in the finals. Or sure. the way I would book it is I would make the new club with Balor, Fandango, and Breeze, where they got EC3 on their side. Like, they think he's on. Like, they think they, like, uh. they like they've kind of recruited EC3. The like, double hey, we're, cross. Yeah, we're going to help you out, man. We're going to really, like, you know, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to carry you all the way to the finals, and then we're going to win it. But then when the match starts, a little tap on the shoulder, referee distracted by one of them, and then, like, a uh, supermodel kick to EC3. Valor rolls him up, wins the king of the ring, and then you have the new club with Fandango, Breeze, and Valor. See, I, I obviously like I can criticize all I want about who the players are, but I like the idea because it's something that we just don't get, like a deep rooted story that you know has a twist. It reminds me a lot of the Vince Russo 1998 or whatever Dangerous Games. Um, yeah. Survivor Series where they thought it out they saw their way through the tournament see this is good that's see I'm compelled by that I think it's good now was this something now are you going to have Finn Balor is this going to take him to the next level is he going to be this like a feud or is this threesome going to be you know taking their levels next talent do they kind of float mid card wise where would you see that going I would make him like a I mean Fandango was trying to be thrown into the main event scene a long time ago by being put with um, what's his name at Wrestlemania right, right away Jericho. We all know Balor was, you know, he was given a chance to be the first universal champion. Yep. So what you could do is you could build a heel faction. You have Balor go after the title. You have him go after Kofi. Those would be good matches. And now you have Agreed. him as a legit heel. And then eventually, you know, that pairing, that um, that faction of Breeze, Fandango, and Balor will break off. And then you could have, you know, either the two lower guys fight or one of them fight Balor, and, however you want to develop it. So it creates a lot of different you, stars. And you make a huge baby face out of EC3. EC3. I was just going to say, you get EC3 out of this thing all as well. So then you have a lot of sympathy, but also people could hate him. So he could play a really good tweener because he did things kind of in nefarious ways to get there in his own right. Right, but just didn't realize it was all being double crossed. I like that. I like that a lot. I like the extra th- effort you put into that. So I would say, so if you have your King of the Ring for 2019 being Finn Balor turning heel, creating a new club, and for me it is Rusev to become King Rusev with Lana. Both of us have them going up and making good uh, championship runs at Kofi Kingston, which I think could be really good and compelling. Obviously, mine's better, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I might do a video on mine because I know mine was kind of confusing. No, yours but- was good because yours had more of that thought process. You went deep into the details, which is really good. Which now well, I. Know next time we do a little fantasy warfare where to step up my game. <laughs> but what I will say is, you know how long it took me to do that? Six minutes. I did it on the train ride from Back Bay to Malt, the whole thing. I so what is, how long the- is that? 15 minutes? No, it's probably like 35 minutes. Oh, it is that long. Okay. During rush hour, there's a lot of stops on people getting on and off. So 35 right. minutes, what I did beforehand, like walking to the train, I looked at the how they did, like what you said. I, I was like, what was the best king of the ring? It was the one where the, you know, the double cross with the rock and McFoley and all that kind of stuff. So well, that was technically they, Survivor Series, but yes. 
but it was like the king it was a tournament it was a tournament yes yeah yeah. so that's what i looked up like kind of how that played out and then i just googled all right how do you do a compelling plot twist i looked at the elements so you want to have like a a main storyline that you can kind of hide the whole way like a, a misdirection and then in any story you want to have a hero which is EC3 really a victim which is also EC3 and the villains which are you know the, the new bullet Breeze, club. Fandango and you know you also get Chad Gable out of this too to be an, another lower card yeah, a, you know face yeah, all, all of those baby and faces Ali. yeah they all look good they all have reasons to come back at these guys so you create multiple storylines along the way and I'm not saying that like I know they run into political stuff in the back like you know me and you work not to brag but it's what we do we work with people who are on air all the time we yes. know the, the trappings that come with it but you can get around it and it doesn't take that long to figure out a compelling story if you use the correct elements that people have been using to tell stories for years that's that's yeah. the whole gripe with wwe it's like yeah raw was actually pretty good this week but it still wasn't like a entertaining show for the most part they still lacked a lot like it's you still can, you, it's entertaining but it doesn't mean it's good that's the best way i look at it. like i'm entertained and i got through three hours a little bit easier and like popped in and out more than i could in the past but it still needs to be more gripping and like you said have more story especially with your middle of the card guys and i yeah, think that's what you did there you or we take, both did really you, yeah you exactly i mean we didn't have really you know i mean i think the biggest guy in both of them was the miz probably and i considered having him be the 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 heel in the scenario sure but i figured that might almost be a little too obvious because anytime the miz is going to be in like a tricky scenario from now on you're going to think well this is when he's turning heel yeah. so I, tr- I picked balor because he would be cool as a heel and people might not see it coming but he yeah. also you know you you could see him doing maybe one or two dirty things to win no, I agree. I think, you know, Finn Balor actually could use an edge like that just to, you know, by any means. And where, see, I went more with like a work rate type of tournament. I know I included the Miz. I'm not saying the Miz isn't a good worker, but he's not on the level of most yeah. guys. But I went, that's the route I would go. Like have like a show to showcase that, especially we have AEW where you went with a good story. So I think both of them are compelling and could be, you know, both put together really well by WWE if they decided to do so. And yeah, we both know well, that's not going to happen. When I was going through all the guys, like I didn't include Cesaro because like ah he's had his chance but like think about it how many non-good work rate guys are there because mine is like Ali Andrade Chad Gable EC3 I mean, he might be the worst worker out of yeah. them all. Breeze, Balor, Fandango, Elias. Elias, yeah. But, like, you know See, what I mean? Like, you could no, swap anybody for Elias. I, this is one of those things where it's, to me, it's crazy that, like, there's so much talent that is just untapped. It's It really is. And that's why I think a King of the Ring could be good. As we went through our draft earlier, you know, you just see all those talents. When they won the King of the Ring, it was not laughable, but you're like, really, this guy? Or, like, what are you going to do with this guy now? You know, aside from, like, Bret Hart, maybe DB. Yossi, Randy Savage at the time. But like a lot of those guys, you're kind of like middle, lower card, and it helped bring them to the next level, or just that was the idea behind it. And I think the two ideas we have, that's why this tournament will be good. I think WWE needs a good, solid tournament that means something more than just for a title, not just an IC tournament, not just a US tournament. tournament or a title tournament they need something that almost means just kind of like bragging rights because then you have a feud with whoever wins and loses probably can go on for a little while you'll have other people like if you do what you like the storyline you went through like people screw each other through it there's another you know spin off story because right now it just seems like everything's towards titles or just a feud for literally no reason yeah and you can do an alternating kind of schedule where you know for two years it's pretty much just you know uh work rate type of stuff like like, I don't know if we, uh, 
Did you put in a match of the pod for yourself? Oh, yes, I have one. I have, I, I have one ahead. off the top of my head. But well, let's hold on. Let's pause then. Oh. Let's just get. Let's get to the match of the pod then. Let's just. just right, let's so jump let's, into it. Let's do it. Match of the pod. Match of the pod. Match of the pod. My match of the pod would be Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect from, I believe, oh. the 91 King of the Ring tournament. Just a beautiful display of great athleticism. And, well, I think this is also the match. It might have been the SummerSlam match, though. I forget. I might I might be lying. Did they wrestle each other? I thought they wrestled each other in the King they of the Ring. They wrestled each other in the 1993 King of the Ring. All right, so that's the one I'm thinking of. That was a great match. Go and watch that one. Yeah, it, you can it, have you can have uh, you know for two years in a row, King of the Ring tournaments where it's just you know good, clean, awesome wrestling, and you get crowned literally the King of the Ring. And then like every few years, you can throw in one where you reset somebody, you reset like seven storylines at once. Yeah, this was a match that I'm 100% behind you. That's a match that you really should go back and watch. It is almost 19 minutes of some of the best wrestling you will see, some of the greatest selling, some of the false finishes, but not in the sense of like a pinfall. Like it was just the way they did like, so Bret Hart either putting on the sharpshooter and and Mr. Perfect getting to the rope or Mr. Perfect roll-ups. Like it was just so well executed. One of those great work rate matches. And it's funny, that wasn't even the final of the tournament. The final ended up being Bret Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow, which also an underrated match. But yeah, Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. It was in the semifinals of the 1993 Royal uh, King of the Ring. Go check that out, Bill. That's a good match. And for me, this is my favorite King of the Ring match, period. It was the first match of the 2002 King of the Ring. It is Chris Jericho versus Rob Van Dam. And I hate to say anybody was in their prime at that time, especially Chris Jericho, because he's still going strong to this day. But this was like, I think, the best of Chris Jericho and I think the best of Rob Van Dam. Maybe it was something about the company at that point. This is Chris Jericho coming off of his uh, uh, championship win at the end of the previous year. He kind of had a kind of, you know, kind of fell flat at WrestleMania. We talked about that in our WrestleMania podcast. This is against still long haired Jericho, right? This is long haired Jericho. This is him a few months after losing the title at WrestleMania to Triple H, kind of in this weird kind oh, of like God. going through the motions kind of place. But this match was incredible. Was, again, Rob Van Dam always puts on a good match. It's it's the opener. Again, it's about tw- almost 20 minutes long. I think it was actually like a 16 minute match, but with the entrances and everything, I watched this earlier. It is an outstanding match. Just pure, excellent. Like some of the false finishes. You did not know who was going to win this match either. This was in the tournament. Again, Brock Lesnar eventually won this, but you had Y2J versus Rob Van Dam. By the way, Brock Lesnar fought Test. Like, are we being serious here? Test, but Rob Van Dam test. versus Chris Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> Once was claimed to be my favorite wrestler, but yes, Y2J, Rob Van Dam, opening match, King of the Ring 2002. Do you know who Test's best tag team partner was? Well, I have a feeling you're going to say Big Papa Pump, but I would say Albert. I'm going to say pop quiz because that was a joke my friend Jared had back in the day. Oh. Ha. <laughs> it's terrible, ain't it? And he's dead. All right, he's dead, damn it. Rest in peace. Well, Test. Yeah, he, he seemed like a nice guy. So, uh, come on. Yeah, he did seem like a nice guy. So, we will uh, be posting... We will be posting up uh, our, again, King of the Ring drafts. Again, my t- my drafted King of the Rings were Stone Cold, King Booker, Owen Hart, Harley Race, Triple H. Billy's was Bret Hart, Macho Man, Kurt Angle, Ted DiBiase, and Edge. We both gave our 2019 fantasy booked King of the Rings. You can tell us which one you like, which one you could see playing out, which one you would like to watch. Again, I had King Rusev defeating Cesaro in the final, and you had now King Finn Balor reestablishing the club uh, with Fandango and Breeze. That is a totally total Billy move right there but it is uh, you know it's a way to get people involved so let us know your thoughts on that 
Tell me that's not an exciting idea, though. I'm not I saying they for have me, to the do only, it, but like if, if people oh no, I aren't like the, pitching those kind of ideas in WWE creative meetings, they need new people in WWE creative meetings. Because it doesn't like, take much to be creative. You just have. I to like your ideas a lot. I just think Breeze and Fandango, they have a history of being goofy and unserious. I would have probably switched one of those two elements. That's just me. Well, that's why you wouldn't see it coming. It's a good point. No, I get it. It, it. Listen, and you have to, people can't be reevaluated all the time. Think about it. AJ Styles in 2002, if he came to WWE at that time, there's, I guarantee we're not looking at him as like a very serious title contender now. We'd probably I mean, be looking at him like Brian Kendrick or something. Batista was a deacon. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. It's Batista was a deacon. And we'll end on that. So we'll have some, uh, you know, good content coming at you soon. We'll have some podcasts. We've been kicking around some ideas. We'll definitely begin to Dean Ambrose in WWE. We'll kind of go through his run, maybe his best and worst moments. And that'll be an absolute fight for all eternity. There is stomping ground this Sunday. So we'll give you a preview and review of that coming up as well. And again, if there's any ideas, thoughts, thanks everyone. For, a lot of people tweet about their favorite King of the Rings, but I think we mentioned almost everybody. You know, obviously, Ken Shamrock and Billy Gunn, a lot of people joked about those. Those, but uh, get involved with us again. You can follow him at BillyD2411. I'm at Jason D. Rossi. Billy, oh, one any- quick thing. Oh, yes, please. I do have one party thought. For the uh, Ask Us Anything. Yes. Can we make it an Ask Us Anything? Oscar as anything we will have that podcast coming up we'll do that this summer when we get into the doldrums and any other topic ideas or things you want us to talk about I actually got someone to slide into my DMs I will quickly give this his name is Charles Ruzek he sent me the longest bomb of a of a DM I've ever seen one thing he did say he said I'm just sending it here you guys done top 10 on the podcast best workers or maybe pure wrestlers that could be something we do and he went to a whole list of all crazy stuff here really appreciate his shout out he's a fan of the podcast you can again rate review subscribe on itunes you can slide into billy's dms if you do billy what do you want them to send you a gift oh, of? you know what no how about this if you rate yes. and review our podcast i will do a custom photoshop for you and i Ooh. have decent photoshop skills no you have good photoshop skills that is a great one it sucks it got buried at the end where people probably stopped listening but you know what that's okay. If you did, give, rate and review us. Send it to us. You can either DM us or po- no, tweet it out and tag both me and Billy D. And we he will do that for you. He'll do a custom Photoshop of you with a very attractive woman. So it looks like you can you know, tell sexual, your parents. Nothing sexual, nothing weird. But like, no, if you, or if you want me to like make your friend look like in a different place or whatever, I get. I mean, if you don't have those skills, I can apply them for you. <laughs> well, there we go. All right. So that will do it for us. We will be back with you next week. Frank says hi.